Megan here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Pidon. Let's go out to our Browns insider. His name is Daryl Ryder. Brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Hello, Daryl. How are you tonight? Good. What's going on? I saw you getting a... You said you got a haircut, and I want to admit something to you if you're comfortable with that. Are you comfortable with that? I always appreciate it when you're willing to share. Hey, thank you for that. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> I I can't consistently get a good ha- uh, not a good haircut. It's not that. It's I can't even if I get a good haircut. I can never find a person that I want to stay with and get yeah. a haircut with. I hop yeah, it's it, it's hard finding a good one. Uh, the young lady that did my hair tonight did a fantastic job. She was great, um, but um, <clears throat> I keep my hair short because. Once it gets to a point where I actually have to put effort into it and comb it, it it, it needs to go. So um, that's I'm all about the low maintenance in my life. Um, And so I I put very little effort into my hair. It's hopeless anyway, even though I've got a good head of hair. (laughs) But it it is kind of hopeless. Um, and when it gets to a certain length, it just starts going in every direction, wherever. So it's just easier to keep it nice and short and tight. So, yeah, went and uh, went to get the dome tightened up, and then uh, hopped out of the the barber's chair. And uh, what do you know? The Browns have themselves a new defensive tackle in Shelby Harris. So let me ask you about that before we get to Shelby Harris. When you're when you're at the barber chair and you're getting the haircut, are you just, you're not checking anything? You're you're locked into the haircut experience. Is that how that works? Yeah. Well, I I had the phone. I didn't. Phone was in the pocket. So, <laughs> really, because I've I've told this story in there before. I've gone to and, and people think this is a little odd, but I've gone to barber shops before, and I've on important days I've been like, listen, I'm sorry. Like I know I know you know barbers like to treat it like bartenders, where they, they like to have conversations and go back and yeah. forth. But if I got work, I got to do. I'll put the headphones in and not even worry about it and be like, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Got to do the no, I, I try to be social with my barbers. Okay, that's good. I, I've gotten better at that. I have gotten yeah. better at that. But you know, sometimes if you got to, it, it's a lot easier out. to be social with a barber than a dentist. You know, when they got all that junk yeah. in your mouth. So how you <laughs> You know, they ask those questions on purpose. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they pick the exact right moment when they know you can't speak to be like so. What are your thoughts on politics? Like a, they, a real loaded question. <laughs> So you know what my favorite thing is is when they're all done, right? I go, did you get all that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you had Shelby Harris today. Uh, were you surprised then when you checked your phone, or were you thinking to yourself? Nah, I, I figured right that move. they were. I figured they're going to do something at the. I got to stop travel, asking so. you if you're surprised in questions. I ask you all the time if you're. You're never surprised. You are the least surprised human ever. Uh, I know. I cover the Browns. Nothing they really do surprises me. <laughs> I gathered that. I gathered that. I'm like, hey, there's not a single thing on earth that can happen around this team. Where you like, yeah, if they win the Super Bowl, then I'll be surprised. How's All that? Right. All right. They win the Super Bowl. That's the deal. They win the Super I'll Bowl. I'll be shocked. You come on the radio station, and then I get to ask you, were you surprised they won? And then and I'm going to say, yes. hell yeah, I was surprised. All right, great. <laughs> I, I think about it often. I think about us being on Radio Row. I think about like the whole entire station being down in whatever city it's at. All the uh, shenanigans we would get into. All the people mad that we didn't actually stay for the Super Bowl. All those type of things. Okay. Because, you know, we wouldn't actually stay for the You would stay for the Super Bowl. Everyone I mean, else wouldn't stay for the Super Bowl. I, I guess we can dream that that's how things would play out. I think about it way too often, Daryl. I think about it way too often. Uh, is Shelby Harris, is he getting us one step there? Um, uh, I, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's quality signing, uh, especially for this time of year, uh, started 15 games last year, was fairly productive uh, with Seattle. I, 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 I certainly feel like it's an upgrade, uh, in depth at the positions. I don't know if it gets you a step closer, but 
adds another component to that uh, defensive line that, uh, at least on paper, looks pretty pretty good. There, I kicked around in the first hour uh, the idea that, so, you know, watching the Johnny documentary, listening to some of the people that are talking about it nationally today. And nationally, the, the, you know, Ray Farmer took a couple strays, and I thought to myself, that's not fair. That was Jimmy Haslam's decision. The same way that I think it was Jimmy Haslam's, at least he had a say in the room when it came to Baker Mayfield. And I'm just, I'm going down the line and I'm connecting some of the dots here, and I'm almost wondering if, Jimmy Haslam's just attracted to chaos because between Johnny, between Baker, and now Deshaun, none of them came with like a fresh, clean slate. And I, I just want your opinion. Do you think a quarterback needs to be an adult in order to succeed in the NFL? Or do you feel like they can have so much talent that it could overtake if they have some of those other things that maybe doesn't make him the world's greatest leader? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, Deshaun certainly has better talent than than Johnny and, and Baker, so I don't know necessarily that that's a, an equal comparison. But, um, you know, the, the, the pressure's on. There's no question about it. Um, he's He's got to come through now. He's got to start earning that $46 million per year that he is getting. Um, I kind of feel like this is a, a make-or-break type of a season in, in many regards for this organization considering where they're they're at um but yeah i i don't know if it's a, a chaos thing or look you know what it is it's desperation okay when you're desperate and you can't find you can't find that franchise quarterback and you've been looking and looking and looking right for years and years and years well then it, it, at some point um you 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 know, yeah, desperation kicks in, and, and so you go out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I, I kind of feel like Johnny was a desperation move. Uh, I won't say Baker was a desperation move because that was driven more so by John Dorsey. I think John Dorsey took the GM job uh, with the, the knowledge that he was going to draft Baker Mayfield with the first overall pick. Um, and, and then, you know, Deshaun. It uh, combination desperation moves slash opportunity presenting itself. So, um, yeah, I, I just you know I this is you know this is the spot that the Browns have been in because they've been so ineffectual in drafting a franchise quarterback. So they had to make a move like this, and you you, you don't get uh, a perfect uh, you know person or player here. He, he came with a tremendous amount of baggage and. Like I said, you know, considering uh, the support he's received from the Browns, considering the money they gave him, considering the the draft capital they gave up to get him, well, uh, there needs to be a return on that investment starting this year. Are the Browns handling preseason game number two in regards to Deshaun Watson the right way in your mind, or would you do it differently? Yeah, no, he's got to play. You got to get him on the field. Um, so yeah, uh, it all the length. Uh, I'm get, I'm gonna guess it's fifteen, twelve to fifteen plays. That's what I'm guessing, uh, which is basically the equivalent of two decent drives or one long scoring drive. So uh, I, I think that that's what Kevin Stefanski's thinking, even though he wouldn't get specific today. That's a lot. Okay. If he does well, do you think Actually, he's... Actually, it's not. In my mind, Out of 70? You know, out of a, between 60 and 70 snaps? No, nah, that's really not a. That's really not a lot. Well, like so, Patrick Mahomes averaged twenty six snaps a postseason, and everyone goes bananas at how much they play him, how much the Chiefs play him. So, like, I'm just ba- I'm basing it off that basically the idea that everyone goes bonkers over Patrick Mahomes getting twenty six snaps a, a preseason. It's like it's not. Yeah, 
If, if, if Deshaun knocks out 15 there, let's say he does another 15 in the Chiefs game, yeah. then he's, he's putting good. up a good number. Yeah. yeah, you're good. Right, exactly. And, and it's not going to, like I said, it could be 12. So guess what? If he plays 12 snaps in two preseason games, that's 24, right? That's yeah. what. Okay. Right there. Just make sure. Just make sure my math is there. It That's is right. right. You got it okay. right this time. Okay. I I don't know if you ever thought about. I did math it without or, a calculator. I'm fine. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if twelve plus twelve ever put you in at any advanced algebra classes <laughs> or not. But uh, I like that you had it. Uh, Kate York looked pretty yeah. good today, Daryl. <laughs> looked pretty good. He made two kicks. I know, I know. It's so funny to me. I don't know why I find it so funny. Uh, Dustin's reaction was the best. It was like, uh, okay, I'm not worried about him making kicks in practice. Yeah, nobody is. Nobody well, is. I mean, look, they, they can only do what is. they can do in practice, and that is put him in the pressure situations, and he's been successful. Uh, so I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you know, I tell you, I can only report the results, and he made a 45, uh, 44 and a 47-yarder. So um, I, what would they? Would people rather he just went ahead and missed them? I don't know what people wanted. I, it's weird. I The like, fan base is so divided I mean, with what they want. Is that where we're at right now? Just, ah, he made it. Wait, he made two... What's he doing making practice kicks? I know, I know. It's like, what do you, what do you expect from him? Like he's, yes, he went up there, he did his job, he got the sticker for the job today, and that's all you need. Yeah, he got his gold star, and uh, we move on with life. Elijah Moore, how did he look today? Well, he looks good every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I think he's in for a breakout season. I, I really do. I, I think that he is going to be the engine that makes this offense go. I, I really do. Um, his his versatility, his playmaking ability, uh, the the way they're using him, yeah, I think that kid is in for a really really big year, which then sets him up for a pretty sizable payday. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on Hard Knocks last night. Did you end up getting to it or no? Uh, I did. I, I I watched it last night. Uh, I rewatched it this morning, and uh, yeah, so I, I got it. Yeah. You watched it twice over, so you liked it. Yeah, you well, no, no, I didn't mean just because I watched it twice. Don't mean I like it. I watched it <laughs> twice to make sure I didn't miss anything. Okay, I, okay, all right. So, yeah, yeah, because it's reviews right now. Or not I'm, right. I'm kind of over the Aaron Rodgers is God thing. Okay, that storyline. Uh, I think Robert Sala went ahead and was was pumping the weights every time before every time he went on camera. So he, you know, oh, he's definitely doing the push-ups to make sure everything looks right. Yeah, the, the biceps are, are flexed you know, out. I would say the best part of the episode one was Leif Schreiber uh, flying in and on, on on a helicopter. Yeah, the, that, the voice that, of hard knocks. That was the, the the you know the voice of God. Um, I and I'm a big Leif Schreiber fan. Uh, I wish I had his voice, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, that was really the best part of the episode. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over Hard Knocks. I, I've been over it for a while. I don't know how they make it better. I don't know what they do to make it better, but the quarterback series kind of buried Hard Knocks for me. Well, the last good Hard Knocks was, let's be honest about it, the, the 2018 season with the Browns. It, it's been downhill ever since. It, it's not been a good show. Uh, it's well-produced, okay? Um, and, and the behind-the-scenes stuff is cool, but I just don't feel like it's been as compelling since then. You know what I mean? And and if this whole thing is going to be on, you know, just what a god Aaron Rodgers is and how happy the Jets are ha- to have Aaron Rodgers, I I would just assume not watch the remainder of the season. So they got to give me something else uh, in this series to uh, to keep my attention. Uh, Clowny to the Ravens. Do you think this would be the bet that Baltimore makes, knowing how Baltimore uh, tends to look at how people left their past place and deciding whether or not they would hire him for their current place? Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
They torched it down here, and, and Baltimore's a big culture place. I, I don't know if, if you were if you were Harbaugh, would you bring Clowney into your locker room? Yeah, why not? So it's, it's a low risk, high reward move. So sure. I mean that, that's what the Browns did when they brought him in, right? Um, so uh, same thing with Odell, though they gave Odell you know pretty good money. But um, I I I. I, I I, I think that when he wants to play, there's something left in that tank. And uh, I don't know, it just something tells me that he's going to find the motivation to be really good down there, and uh, it's going to be very bad for the Browns. <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be. I, you know, the, the rhetoric around him is always fascinating to me because people talk about it like it was the last year was bad. It was bad from a locker room standpoint. But on the field, you can make an argument he was the third best player defensively. Yeah, but, you know. The off the, the off the field stuff matters, attitude matters, all that kind of thing, and uh, you know those are things that uh, have not fo- followed him in a very positive way uh, throughout his career. I mean, his first year here, he was great, uh, but then uh, you know the second year, uh, we got we got the Jadavian Clowney that you know we were told we were going to get. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I still feel like he can play, and. Uh, you know, my worst fear is that uh, he shows he can still play against the Cleveland Browns. No doubt about it. Wills. Yep, no doubt about it. Thank you, Daryl. Appreciate you. Uh, enjoy the rest of your lovely evening. Thank you, Daryl. You got it, Jonathan. Take care. All right, Daryl Ryder right there. Brought to you by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Yeah, I, I think it's a good move for Baltimore. I really do. I, I think it's the, it's the type of move that if Baltimore were to go down that road and Baltimore were to bring in Clowney, it was not Clowney's fault necessarily from a production standpoint, I'll never forget that Collinsworth Sunday night game where Clowney was the only one in the defensive line really doing anything. And he had some talent left. He did. The sack numbers weren't there. They really sold out in trying to help out Miles Garrett as much as he could because Miles was the one that was, you know, complaining a lot to Joe Woods. And, and they put him everywhere and they rotated him around. And, and I, I, I don't know. I just, I always thought Jadavion Clowney, I thought he played really well last year and people don't look at it that way because the end of the season was such a cataclysmic disaster. And that's all you need, right? I mean, you light a latch, you, you, you light up a, a match, you toss it into the Browns locker room at the end of the year. Doesn't matter if you had 25 sacks. You're still hurt in the locker room. Fascinating. All right, we come on back. I got to get to Deshaun Watson in the practice time. We will do that, I promise. But there, there was something that Ryan Clark said earlier today in regards to the Hall of Fame. And it's something that we kind of been talking about over the weekend on CBS Sports Radio. And I want to bring it up with you guys. Uh, should there be an upper room? For the Hall of Fame. I'm fascinated by the idea that that even players, really good players in the league, think that there should be higher standards here. 216474 to below 92. We'll do it next. We will get to Deshaun Watson and his playing time as well and what Albert Breer had to say about that. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. All righty, back in here on The Fan. It's a real problem I have in life. Get back to the Browns in a second. I just, I, I can't find, I go to a haircut place, I go to a barber. The barber is fantastic. I, multiple barbers, consistently. I mean, in the past, let's say, three, four, five years, whatever it's been, I've probably gone to maybe 15, 20 different barbers. I don't know why. I just I keep shopping around barbers. I can never find somebody, even if I like them. I just dump them like a bad habit, and I keep the thing moving. They can do the, a great job for me for a barber. It is very simple. You just you, you make sure that you, you hide my receding hairline as best as you possibly can, and you give me a haircut that's relatively quick and doesn't make me look like an idiot. It's really the, I have very low, it's a low bar you got to clear in order to be my barber. But for some reason, even when I get barbers I like, I just, I do one and then I, I'm just on to the next one. I'm constantly finding new places to go get my hair cut. I think that it's so different than everything else with me in life. 
I like consistency. I like routine. I like being able to go to the same places and then do the same things and, and get in a habit. And with the Barbara, I'm just constantly on the hunt. I don't know what I think they're, I'm going to find. Like all of a sudden there'll be like pixie dust they could spray on my hair and would give me like a full nice head of hair that I've always wanted. I just actually no, I take it back. I've never wanted a full nice head of hair. I'm perfectly happy with my hair. When I take off my hat, like we got cameras in the studio right now that we have not debuted anywhere yet. Um, I don't know. I I know that's as, as much information as I have on it, right? But the other day it froze. The camera froze on me with my hat off in the studio and I walk by and now I make jokes in my head all the, all day. That's all I do. Basically anything I see, I just make a joke out of and then I go from there, right? But in particular people, I never say it out loud. I just constantly make jokes about people. And I saw the frozen still on the, on the, uh, computer and I said, that dude with that woody hair, like Woody from Toy Story. Oh, hey, look at this dude with Woody, Woody from Toy Story hair. And then I looked a little closer and I was like, oh, that's me. Why do I have hair that looks like Woody from Toy Story? That's what it looked like. It froze. But I'm fine with it. It is what it is. I don't know why I think I'm going to go to a barber and all of a sudden have like magnificent 1970s style hair everywhere. It's not what I want anyway. I'm cool with what I got. It's a weird moment in life when you're 21, 22 years old and you discover that you have a receding hairline, though. So weird. It's a weird moment when you like connect those dots. Like, yeah, yeah, this one's this one's got me. I'm just lucky not to be bald at this point. Anyway, couple things I want to get to before we end up getting to a Deshaun Watson preseason conversation. You know, we had Ryan Clark on earlier today. I thought Ryan was absolutely fantastic on with the guys, and I don't know if he was listening to what I had to say over the weekend. I don't know. I always think it's fun when I do a national show, and then the following days. All of a sudden, the rhetoric I had out there uh, appears to be the rhetoric in a lot of places. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that all of a sudden I'm like some sort of tastemaker when it comes to the national conversations. It's not what I'm getting at, but I, I just I think I hit it where it needed to be hit over the weekend. Joe Thomas is a no question upper room Hall of Famer. Nobody was debating that. Nobody had that as a question mark. But there were a couple guys that I thought definitely were. Like no offense to Ken Riley, but. He was described as a beacon of longevity. That's not a Hall of Famer. He never made a Pro Bowl. He made one All-Pro team in his final year at age 36. He had a fine NFL career, but that is not a Hall of Famer in my mind. Joe Klecko, great story. Pro Bowler at two different positions, fantastic story. Buda Baker has been to more Pro Bowls and has the same number of All-Pro selections as he does. Like, oh, what are we doing here? It, it, it took Joe Klecko 20 years to get into the Jets' ring of honor. Nonetheless, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It took him 20 years to get into his own team's Hall of Fame, which the bar for entry to be a retired jersey number or your own team's ring of honor should be about as low of a bar as you get, not a 20-year wait list. But Ryan Clark was on, and I thought I thought he did a great job. Coming from Ryan, I think it means a little bit more when it, when it comes to Hall of Fame and it comes to the prestige attached to it, and I thought he hit it on the head. Here he was with Afternoon Drive. Joe Thomas doesn't get what some players get is those opportunity for the championship moments. And it's those championship moments that sometimes push guys over the edge who may have been borderline. You know, right. Eli Manning is going to be a Hall He'll of Famer. He'll be a Famer, Hall of Famer. Right? I played Eli Manning. Eli, so did I. He, Eli he, Manning he, was like, uh, he's Eli. Yeah, but he right? won two Super Bowls. But he won two Super Bowls. And in those Super Bowls, he made huge plays. And so while the whole world was watching against Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, Eli Manning bested him. Not only did he best him as a team, he made the plays that matter. And that's why Eli deserves it as well. But 
you also knew, you know, I prepared for different quarterbacks. Right. I never went into a game like, oh, my God, <laughs> we got to play Eli Manning. It just wasn't that. Now, when we were preparing for the Super Bowl in 2010 and 2011, and that's when Aaron was becoming Aaron, we sat around for two weeks like, holy freaking hell. Right? We were like, man, we got to be better than good. We have to be better than on it because he's good enough to beat you. I talked to Aaron about it this weekend. I was like, man, you walked on water for a day at least. You know, I said if we play against like a normal human, we probably win that game. Like Aaron Rodgers, you say that name in any room from here until forever, everybody in that room goes all-time great. Shouldn't even be a conversation when he's up to go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and that's got to be the standard in my mind. There's a couple guys I was thinking about and where this list should be. J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald. Obviously. Brady, Kelsey, obviously. Rogers, the, the higher echelon of Hall of Famer. A, a place where Tyreek Hill with seven Pro Bowls and four All-Pro teams still has some meat left on the bone in order to achieve. Where if we brought up Mahomes right now, we could say he'd make that, like he'd make the Hall, but I don't think he'd make the upper room guys quite yet, even though he's been to five straight AFC title games, has been to three Super Bowls, has won two Super Bowls, and is in route to being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. The, the upper room that I'm talking about needs a little bit more in order to get there. He's a little bit more. There's no easy entry into the upper room. And the players all unanimously would say, oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Aaron Rodgers gets brought up. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Not even a question. There's no Joe Klecos in there. You know, no offense to Joe. There's no there's no Ken Riley's in there. There's none of that. Joe Thomas is there. Because Joe Thomas is legitimately one of the best left tackles the game has ever seen. He's there. Not a doubt in my mind. And I know it feels like if billionaires could separate millionaires from themselves, uh, from also feeling like like uber wealthy, Elon Musk getting mad that the guy with $750 million can buy basically all the same things that he can as well. It's another level of elitism. But I'm, I'm just looking at the hall this weekend, and I just kept thinking about it over and over again. And I, I just, I like that Ryan Clark put it out there that way. Because the more people that talk about it, maybe the more reality it one day becomes. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Jeff and Euclid up next on the fan. Hello, Jeff. Does Joe Thomas make your Browns uh, um, ring of honor? Yeah, no top doubt, four? no question, no question. Okay, my, top, my, top, my top four, like my Mount Rushmore, so to speak. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay, Bernie Kosar, Jim Brown. Who's your three? Yeah, okay, all right, I can do this. Easy, all right. Uh, Bernie. My, Bernie and Jim Brown are one-two, right? No doubt. Well, it, I mean, no, I mean, not one-two. I mean, Joe, Joe's got to be one-two, I would think. I think it's got to be Jim Brown, then yeah. Joe Thomas, then Bernie. This is mine. This is my, okay. this is my Mount Rushmore, so I get to do whatever I want to do with it. And then you got to debate. Is it? Is it? Are you going Sipe? you going Clay Matthews? What are you doing? No, my number three is Ivy Newsom. My number three is Ivy Newsom. I don't care. Going? My number three is I do. Yep, I don't care. And I win that battle, dude. I, and I will win that battle with you. I will. I will. Why are you so heated number for Ozzie Newsom? Um, you, got a little, you got a little contentious met, there, Jeff. Yeah, I did a little bit. I met his grandmother once or something when I was a kid. Ozzie Newsom was a great guy. He was so fun as a player, dude. He was awesome. And he was there every Sunday. It was Yeah, it was a great. Yeah, I know. So I can't take him off a of number... And then Joe Thomas goes in number four. All right. I'm, I'm, I mean, Joe should 100% make a Mount Rushmore. I mean, you got to thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you. I, I thought Jeff was going to fight me if I didn't say Ozzie Newsom. I've never been more, uh, more like, is this guy going to fight me? 
<laughs> on the radio than that call right there. He got very angry. All right, Ozzie Newsom's fine. It's okay. It's funny. I was asked. I was asked nationwide with Amy Lawrence. I was asked who was my Mount Rushmore of Cleveland sports figures in general. And we're not going down this road. We're not going down this road. I just need to clarify, like the idea that Joe Thomas. I thought Joe Thomas should be on the Mount Rushmore of Cleveland sports in general. I thought it should be LeBron, Jim Brown, Joe Thomas, and then you could fill in whatever whatever Indian slash Guardian you want to go ahead and round it out with. Some would say Fellers, others would say Dopey, all this. You could, anyone you want, really. I, I, you could make a case for Tito if you wanted to make a case for Tito. But, yeah, Joe's there. Joe's 100% there. No doubt about it. But Ozzie Newsom's a great call. Great call. The fourth one you, you, can, you can make a debate to the high heavens on. Bernie's a lock. Jim Brown's a lock. Joe Thomas is a lock. No doubt about it. Albert Breer was on earlier today, and uh, the guys got into a heated discussion about what to do with Deshaun Watson uh, this Friday. I'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit more tomorrow. We've already touched a lot on it this week. What is the right number? What is the right thing to do with Deshaun? Daryl says 12 snaps, 12 to 15. Okay. All right. I'm okay with that. I think it's whatever number Deshaun Watson should feel comfortable with. And if Deshaun wants to end up going to 2025, 20, so be it. If he wants to go five and thinks he looks good, I'm okay with that as well. Yeah, I really do think Deshaun being out there is kind of like you at the driving range getting ready to go golf. You have no idea until you step in the first tee and actually hit that drive whether or not your driver's working that day. You just have no idea. It could go right, it could go left, it could go wherever. Now, with Golf Tech, my buddies over there at Golf Tech, they got me figured out, and I have a better idea than I used to. But still, when you go up to that first tee, there is a lot of like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, even if you just hit balls for an hour right in the driving range. That's how this works. Deshaun Watson could practice until his arm wants to fall off. It doesn't matter. Until he actually gets in a game, he's not going to be able to simulate what it feels like to be in a game. So Albert Breer spoke on whether or not he would play Deshaun Watson a lot. Here we go. With your quarterback in particular here, it's who else is playing with him. I'd be comfortable with it if there were starters playing with him. As long as, you know, Jedrick Wills and, you know, and and then the starting offensive line, as long as those guys are out there, like, I'm okay with it, you know? And some starting receivers. And what you don't want, I think, is you don't want to throw them out there with a team that's like, with an offense that's like half and half, and then the other team's got starters out there, and someone gets beat bad and he takes a hit he shouldn't take. So I think that that's really kind of where I would draw the line. And I think that could be a feel thing for the coaches, you know. But I think with a quarterback in particular, I think it's just important to be cognizant of, of who you're putting out there with him. And as long as, like, you've got, like, a competent offense around him when he goes out there, I'm fine with the guys getting a little bit of action. I think it can help. Are you fine with Deshaun Watson getting a little bit of action, or are you going to live in your fears? Are you saying it makes no sense for him to be out there? I'd rather not risk the season and have an opportunity for him to get 5, 10, 15, whatever reps it ends up being. 216-474-0092. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at and we got the fan focus coming your way at 9. we got Off the Beaten Path at 940. And we got to get to the Guardians when that game wraps up as well. It's overtime with Jonathan Pedro here with you on the fan. We'll play the majority of our starters in this game. Deshaun will, will play this in this game. We'll see if it's one, two series. We'll kind of be playing that one by ear. It's always a good opportunity to get guys through pregame warm-ups onto the field, get some of that game action in, in a setting like this. And it's it's great for us to do it in front of our fans. So we're excited to be down there on the lake Friday night. Sound like it's going to be a beautiful night. All right, 
right, that's Kevin Stefanski right there talking about Deshaun Watson. And yeah, it's kind of been the conversation around today. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. We'll get into more of it, I'm sure, tomorrow. Also coming up, you know, Friday before the game gets underway. All these, it's going to be a lot in trying to figure out what exactly happens with Deshaun Watson. Am I nervous? Honestly, not really. And I wonder if I should be more nervous. And I'm not, I wouldn't be nervous for the idea that Deshaun Watson will get injured. I think that's what a lot of people are worried about. I'm more, if I were to be nervous, and I don't believe I am, I'm just trying to do like the pulse and like check myself here. I would be more nervous about the idea that he would look like he did in that Houston game where he's just throwing worm burners and it just looks like he's so far off. That's the part that would have me nervous. There, there is a little trepidation on my behalf right now. That And I know what happens in shorts and a t-shirt is not the end of the world and doesn't mean all. I do have some trepidation with the idea that Deshaun Watson hasn't exactly lit this camp up. He's had good days. We talked about the good ones. Six of eight, five straight touchdowns. He had six overall in the seven-on-seven drills the other day. Looked great on Friday. All these different types. Like, there's been moments where he's looked really good. And there's also been moments, like you saw earlier today, he had that interception of Thornhill reportedly. There was just some, there's just some moments where you're like, I don't know. And I want to believe in Deshaun Watson. I really do. You guys know I want to believe in Deshaun Watson. When we landed him, I thought, here we go. Super Bowls with an S. But the AFC has just become so incredibly talented. And it just, it, they've made it so incredibly difficult to win in the AFC with all these really good quarterbacks that, I, first off, I do think you need Deshaun Watson out there as much as you possibly can in the preseason. I don't think it's awful to take a page out of the Chiefs playbook right now, where, again, Kansas City, Mahomes gets 26 snaps every preseason, and people act like he's out there for seven quarters every preseason. But he's out there. He's out there. He's getting hit. By his account, he says, he, you know, football doesn't start until he gets hit once. He's got to get hit once. And I almost kind of want to see that for Deshaun as well. I want him to be healthy, obviously, but I wouldn't hate him seeing get you know touched up a little bit here and there, just so we can have that done and out of the way. But I, I agree with a lot of the people that you heard earlier today. Uh, more like Dustin, for instance, who was talking about the idea that he wants to Sean out there, and he's not going to live in his fears when it comes to if an injury happens, the season is poof up in smoke. And it's true. Injury happens to Sean. We are then wasting another year. And we'll be living in NFL limbo for another season. And at that point, we will have spent two years in NFL limbo. And at that point, it's the, the contract wasn't worth it. You, you can't just sit back for two years on, on a bunch of uh, false hopes and promises. And then, oh, yeah, year three, we're going to have this this big payoff that may or may not ever come. That's just that nobody would make that deal. Literally, nobody would. This is the year to do it. But I want to hear from you. 216-474-0092. Dexter in Cleveland up next. Hello, Dexter. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, Dexter? I just want to I just want to uh, say this to you, my my friend. I've been a Cleveland Browns fan since Jim Brown. I go all the way back to when Frank Ryan was the quarterback for the Browns. I saw them all, all of them, mm-hmm. and I can tell you this without with no facts. If Sean Watson has everything he needs as a starting quarterback, he is going to be he's committed. He practiced hard. Sure, he had a bad year last year, but he was, he was gone for what, a year and a half, two years. And the real Deshaun Watson is going to be seen as for him being a, 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 the leader of the team as the people of the team who's the leader of that team is. Did Kelvin tell you that? 
get a mouth Gary tell you that. The coach will tell you that. He's doing everything he needs to do. And let me share this with you too, my friend. Yeah. The wide receivers we got there, he's gonna make them he gonna make them better. You're going to see the very best of people like Donald Cooper Jones, Amari, Amari, Amari. You're going to see the best of Evan Moore. You're going to even see the best of our tight end. You know why? Because he knows how to get the ball to a guy. He's a leader, man. He's a born leader. And what he missed in Tennessee, in Houston, rather, what he missed in Houston, He's gonna have it. He's got, he got an offensive line. He got a running game. He got a defensive. He got with 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 with, with Harris He got a defensive got a line. Yeah, hey, Dexter, I got the point. I got I to let you go. I'm, I'm battling with the TV, I think, in the background there. I got to let you go, but I appreciate you. Might even be me. I'm not sure. But uh, the, the point is is that I, I don't know that he makes the wide receivers a million times better the way that people think he will because I don't think many quarterbacks really do bring out the very best in their wide receiver, but that is the goal. Down the line, we will have that. You know, Amari Cooper was, I can make an argument, had his best season since 2019 last year, and that was with a combination of Brissett and Watson. So, like, there's, I mean, there's there's some evidence there that suggests that Amari Cooper could be just as good this year as last year, considering you'd hope that Deshaun Watson would put together a better year than what Amari did last year, or than what he, uh, he did when he was split in time with Jacoby Brissett. But does it worry you if Deshaun Watson plays a lot of snaps and gets a lot of touch, uh, a lot of opportunity on this Friday night game? Deshaun Watson himself spoke to the media earlier today. This is what the quarterback had to say about appearing on preseason game number two, in preseason game number two. Uh, it doesn't even matter to me. I'm a competitor, so however however long he wants us to play, I'm going to go out there and compete for that, that length of time, and, uh, and we'll see what happens. It's been a long time since fans have seen you play a game. What should they expect? Um, really just don't expect anything, really. I mean, the biggest thing is just really go out there with an open mind. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's still very basic on, on what we will show, what we won't show. Um, and we just, the biggest thing is just operational, just going out there to compete and just kind of get ourselves ready for that, that September 10th. I love this approach by Deshaun. I really do. If he's awesome on Friday, let's say he goes out there, five, six plays, whatever, looks great, has a touchdown drive, uh, you get in the end zone, and uh, the game looks slow, the defense looks slow to him, he looks like he's all ready to go, I have no problem watching them shut it down then. John Taffer style, shut it down. Just You don't go back out there. It just is what it is. I have no problem with that. I think that's a good call by the Browns if it goes down that way. If he struggles, though, and if he doesn't look good, then you can't shut it down. You see the predicament the Browns will be in? Then I want to see him in week three, which I don't think will happen. And I want to see him in week four, which I think the likely would, would, would be high. But I just, I know going into that Cincinnati game, you got to hit the ground running. You got to get out of the, out of the gates and, and really take on Cincinnati and be able to punch him in the jaw in the very first quarter. How you beat Cincinnati is taking advantage of the fact that Deshaun Watson will be fresh. We'll be ready to go for week one. And there really is no room for error. It's kind of why so I was happy and glad that we had Cincinnati for week one when the schedule was released. I was happy because we had 17 weeks in facing Cincinnati. We play them in week one and week 18. I like that. I like the big gap in between. I think that's good. I like that Jim Schwartz 
can catch the Bengals off guard with this new defense. I like that the Browns and the offense. I've never seen a Deshaun Watson Browns offense the way I think this one is going to look. Hell, even earlier today, Deshaun's like, yeah, we're not going to show everything in the preseason. It's going to be a very dumbed-down version of what we try to do. Okay, great. All right, great. There's going to be a lot of tricks they have up their sleeve. I'm excited to see what that is. And week one truly will be an element of surprise to the rest of the NFL. But let's be honest about it. Part of why I didn't want to play the Bengals in week one is you got to be on your P's and Q's. you got to be really sharp week one to take down Joe Burrow. That is what, in my estimation, that is the second best team in the NFL. It is the Chiefs and that is the Bengals. You can't be slacking against those teams. 216-474 to below 92. Wayne in Cleveland, up next. Hello, Wayne. Hey, hey, here we go again. You acting like a little lady. You Me? talked about this last week, didn't you? And I tell you, we beat Cincinnati. Did we beat them last week? I know. Year? We've talked about it. Five out of six, huh? Wayne. Five out of six, we beat huh? Cincinnati. We own we yeah. own them. Okay, then. Now, I agree with that last call. You you, uh, you put him on because he had TV playing in the background. Yeah, I mean, he can't be playing the TV in the background. Was he, I don't know what he was watching. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to tune and in. You know what? And, and, and I'm gonna tell you. Let me tell you first one thing before I tell you something else. I gotta bring you out of Solon, man. I gotta make you tough. You gotta come down in the hood, man. For a bit. <laughs> tough, man. You All think right? Solon's made me weak? I was just out, I was out of Solon yesterday on the road at the Wendy's. I was looking for you, but you was on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, but anyhow, listen, 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 listen. He's right. He's gonna make those guys even better. You know, you gotta. All pro running back, you know, we got one as in uh, Nick Chubb. You know, we got a capable, uh, I would say, even Paul Mari Cooper all pro. But he's going to make Donovan people. This is Everybody um, talking about uh, Elijah Moore, which, I, hey, he's a, he's a good player. But everybody's sleeping on uh, Donovan People-Jones, man. Yeah, it's weird. Him, it's uh, weird. People don't want to talk about him right now. They want to talk about Elijah you know, Moore. They don't want to talk about DPJ. Oh, man. You got to look at, he has 51 catches, and I was comparing his stats to, um, what's the wide receiver for Philly? Which one? Uh, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith? Yeah, Brown, Brown. He just, uh, a couple of years ago, I was looking at his stats, he, he only caught like 60-some passes, man. And when I looked at um, Donovan People at, at uh, 61, uh, 100, I think 853 yards, he was just maybe a game short. Of getting um, you know, maybe a thousand yards and um, you know, receiving. It wasn't too so, far off. wasn't too far off. Like, it wasn't too far off. But you know, like I said once again, um, he, Deshaun, you know, I'm sure he's going to get back in that form. I ain't going to say a whole hundred percent, but it's going to be enough. He's going, he's going to make those man. Them guys going to be okay, man. They're going to be all right. All right, thank you, Wayne. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, you have a good night. Take all care. Right. You too, Wayne. Has Solon made me soft? Softer than Charmin. I hear someone will do that to people. I don't know. I don't know if it's made me soft. It might have made me soft, though. Might have. Did grow up in the south side of Chicago. Ugh, just putting that out there. But yeah, maybe someone did make me soft. I don't know. Uh, DPJ, it's interesting. A.J. Brown, he mentions the amount of receptions. He had 52 in year one in 2019. He still had over 1,000 yards, though. And that number's gone up. Year two, he had 70. Last year, he had 88 for almost 1,500 yards. I, I, I don't know that anyone's got that type of expectations for DPJ, but it is interesting how we've all kind of bumped up Elijah Moore and we've kind of kicked down DPJ for whatever reason. We just, we don't have him as high as we did if we had this conversation, let's say five months ago. Obviously at that point you didn't have Elijah Moore, but let's say even just a month ago when you did have Elijah Moore already in the building. 
All right, leave that there. We come on back. We got to get to the fan focus. It is overtime with Jonathan Beetle. And here with you on the fan.